Hey guys, welcome into the Corked Up Podcast episode NFL Free Agency Part Two. Right? That's there we are. There we one are. of these days I'm gonna actually pay attention to what uh what episode number this is. Just, I think yeah. this is thirty. This is this is season this is season eight, episode three, and no one's paying attention anymore. You ever see that on YouTube? How they do that? Some of those YouTube shows they do like um like they have seasons, and you're like, what? Yeah. what you're just always on. Um, so that that's what we do because we we like to we like to copy what everyone else does. Um, Frankie, last week we talked a little Bears. Uh, a little Bears news came out with Andy Dalton being signed and uh, the Russell Wilson trade being uh, pretty much dead. Um, and, and we kind of teased a little bit that we were going to talk some winners and losers, uh, free agency, give some, give us the time, you know, give the market some time to settle a little bit. And I feel like a lot of the bigger names have kind of been crossed off and kind of found home. So I feel like now is a real good time to uh, catch up with that. So Frank and I picked some winners. We picked some losers. Um, so we're going to get into that today before we get started though, as should be expected with this podcast. Uh, we're going to start with Bears because the Bears just had one bad week last week. I mean, it was rough. Uh, they signed Andy Dalton. We heard rumors that, oh, you know, it, it sounds like uh, Kyle Fuller could be gone. It sounds like Akeem Hicks could be gone. They they cut Buster Screen, and everyone's like, okay, I think they're pretty much good under the cap. And then all of a sudden, Kyle Fuller's gone, <laughs> and he's in Denver now. Um, so, Frank, let's just start there. What were your initial thoughts or reactions to the Kyle Fuller news? My initial thoughts were this has to mean that we're in on another quarterback, whether it's Deshaun Watson, even though, you know, the, the, all of a sudden these cases popped up um, or, or something, maybe a Sam Darnold. Some, I, I figured something has to be happening because just like you said, prior to Kyle Fuller getting cut, no one was worried about us being over the cap anymore. So you felt secure about that. And the other thing was that the, the rumors before Kyle Fuller had gotten cut was that the prime candidates to be cut were Jimmy Graham and Anthony Miller or, or traded for, you know, a 2027 pick or whatever. So you're thinking, OK, we're, we're fine here, even though you heard some of the Anthony Miller or I'm sorry, the uh, Kyle Fuller stuff. You heard some of the um, Akeem Hicks stuff. And once he, he got cut and you realize, like, nothing is happening. I got really angry, and the reason why I got angry, though, and you, you know it's funny because what me and Jack talk about a lot is just like conspiracy theories and how there's always like that kernel of truth to it. I'm actually reading a book that dives really good into the psychology and, and, and stuff like that, and it starts with like this kernel of truth, and then it like ends somewhere totally twisted and like ridiculous, right? And I feel like we're seeing that not conspiracy wise, but just like there's that kernel of truth with what's happening or what happened with Kyle Fuller. You know, we have all of the money tied up on the defense. We need to get it over to the offense. Philosophically makes sense. We need to shift things over, but we did that for Andy Dalton. <laughs> like that, that's, that's my issue here. We missed on Russ. We're probably not going to make a play. Who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We missed on Kenny Galladay. Who knows what happens with A-Rob after this year? So we cut one of our best players on defense, the best secondary player by far, to end up with what? I mean, what, what do we really have here? And that's my problem is that they're going to sell that to the fans as, oh, we we had to you know make a tough decision and it, hard, it was hard to let Kyle Fuller go, but we're allocating more funds to the offensive side. We didn't make a play. Well, we, we missed out on uh, the, the left tackle as well, the Niners left tackle. I'm blanking yeah. on his name. 
So what what exactly did we get out of this? So for me, I was so frustrated, and really this was the only point that I had about this. But you know, before we rant and talk about how fucking bad the McCaskies are again, um, was you know there's that kernel of truth, like I said. But I, I thought going into this year, we would play into the strengths again. We know what we have in this defense. Maybe we, a, a new flavor with Sean Desai coming in, and you know, going back to ho- hopefully what we were doing with Vic Fangio. And just hope again for a mid-level offense. I mean, because we don't have anything here to. You hope that you know Cole Komet makes a leap. You hope that you hope that Andy Dalton can stay healthy and he can prove over 16 games to be average, right? Like you had these hopes for the offense, and then you had higher hopes for the defense, but they're just kind of taking the legs under under that. So really, the only point that I have is like it. It feels like to me that this isn't a lame duck season that we thought it was. That these guys are getting free reign to start retooling and rebuilding for multiple years you know so that that's where my frustration comes into play I, I don't know how many of your thoughts that I stole there but that that was everything that I kind of thought that was like my rabbit hole of thoughts no, after Kyle Fuller got caught uh, that, got caught yeah that's that's I mean you didn't steal any thoughts that I had because I mean you, you and I have have shared these thoughts for almost almost how long now five years I've yeah. known you forever Frankie and uh it's it's I I can't even say it's disappointing anymore. Like it's just expected at at this point that this type of shit happens. Like you, you brought up how the the fact that they were talking about uh, how, why is Jimmy Graham still on this roster and, and Kyle Fuller isn't how, how does, how, how do you rationalize that in any sort of way? Like it's, you're, you don't need Jimmy Graham to help a young quarterback give him some security. It's Andy Dalton. Like, he's going to make it work with, with Cole Komet. You don't need Jimmy Graham. You really fucking don't. They were talking – there was rumors, as you were t- as you were mentioning, about uh, them potentially trading uh, Anthony Miller. Where'd that go? That just disappeared. We don't hear anything about him anymore. The thing that bothers me the most is cutting Kyle Fuller isn't just a – you know, fucking waking up, looking at your phone and being like, oh, shit, we're still over the cap. Holy fuck. We need to, you know, let, let's see who we can cut. This is something that you should have been planning for. And if you thought that there was a chance that you would need to cut Kyle Fuller if this Russell Wilson deal didn't happen, which I think now with hindsight, you and I can both assume Kyle Fuller was one of the starters talked about with the Seahawks in terms of being traded over there for Russell Wilson. I think that's pretty much guaranteed. But if you knew that this was a possibility, why are you waiting until after the news comes out that you have to cut him to try and trade him? Teams have no, the the Broncos, who everyone knew that's where Kyle Fuller would go, they they had no incentive to give up a seventh round pick, a sixth round pick. why, Why? Just sign him off the street. Don't give up anything like it's it's that type of shit. The gamesmanship that that Ryan Pace apparently still doesn't have any ability in. Like, I mean, it's good. You know, Desmond Trafant, he, he's he's a fine player. You know, he, he's not going to replace, I think, Kyle Fuller. But you're right. I think that does kind of give you a little bit indication that maybe they are given the OK to go ahead and draft another quarterback and, you know, take Mac Jones at 20 or whoever falls to 20 or trade up, whatever, and get a rookie quarterback and, and build something around that player. Because now they're kind of hoping that Jalen Johnson is going to be the cornerback one. I would assume that's that's probably where they're looking. But 
I just I don't I don't get the plan. I can't see the plan at all. And I know there's been talks now that uh, you know the Russell Wilson trade isn't dead. Adam Schefter keeps talking about it. He's you know keep looking out for that. I just I, I I only hope that if they set their fan base up one more time and then just fucking cut their knees off at the you know just cut yeah. the legs off at the knees, that's it for them. Because I mean, how do you give this? How do you give these guys free reign to rebuild? That yeah. that's what pissed me off, Frank. Like it's just the ineptitude to cut one to cut an all pro cornerback, a guy who you drafted and grew, and one of the very rare Bears players to actually like get drafted and develop into one of the better players in the league. Like he could have been gone for green Bay. They kept him, you know, they, they made the, they, they, you know, he was a restricted free free agent. They brought him in, they brought him back and he flourished. And then you're just like, all right, sorry, you know, good luck in Denver. Yeah. And you know, it, it goes back to my, the, the kernel of truth thing is like, realistically cornerbacks, you can put together a good defense without, having to pay them a huge amount of money. So again, philosophically, I'm not totally against it, but I felt the same way about this that I did about the U Darvish trade where it's like, yeah, you have this 30, not that Kyle Fuller's old, but just kind of right. follow me, everyone listening. Like you have this 34 year old guy who can still play. You still want to retool and compete at the same time, but you could have got a lot more than that. And right. it goes back to your point of like, where is the savviness here? Right. Like you, you waited until everybody knew he was gone before you're like, oh, fuck it. Who wants him? And everyone's like, no, we're not giving you anything. We'd rather just try to, you know, sign him. Why would yeah. we give you anything? It, it, it's stupid. Like, and the, I, yeah, I mean, that was one of my thoughts, too. And it, it blanked as I was kind of recollecting what I thought. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's ineptitude. It's it's idiocy. And it's not for the move itself. I get it. Jalen Johnson is a really good cornerback. He could and probably will be a, a good cornerback one. But you don't just let Kyle Fuller go for nothing. That's right. stupid. Right. Right. It's it's like any sport. It's it's you know, if you're if you're in the end, you know, if you're an NBA fan right now, the trade deadline's coming up. If your team doesn't make a trade for a vet, you know, trades a veteran like, you know, Thad Young and you get nothing for him and then he leaves in free agency, well, what was the point? Why didn't you try and at least get something? It just it, it doesn't make a lot of sense when teams tend to do that. And the Bears seem to do it more than anyone else. And and I think that's you know, that's just what's frustrating. And, and I mean, the Bears have just become a joke in them and they do it to themselves. Like they, everything that happens to them, they just do it to themselves. They, they shoot themselves in the foot. And and I, I texted you as soon as Fuller, you know, was was cut. I texted my my dad, who's a, obviously a giant Bears fan. And I, I, I said, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I'm full time Colts fan now because I, I, I'm not going to sit around. And, and I really hope that Bears fans start to get sick of this shit because if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy do end up in control of a, of a reload or rebuild, however you want to describe it, stop, stop doing this to yourself. Go, go find something else. Go find another team. Enjoy some good football with a good organization because you they don't deserve your fandom. If, if you give your, you know, you watch, you give all your money to them, and they just treat you like this. <laughs> they yeah. treat you like fucking garbage. Yeah, you know what? I, I will say this, too. It's so funny to me. You know, we're in group chats together. I'm in other group chats and stuff, and, like, people be like, oh, man, like, I know you're pissed. And, like, sure, I'm still a Bears fan, but I'm an NFL fan before I'm anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, if the Bear like, so when people are like, yeah, like, I know, and I'm just like, yeah, in the moment, sure, I, I'll, you know, it, it's annoying, but it's like, 
I rip on the Bears more than anyone because I know more than you anyway. Not you, but the general. You right. like you're not. No. You don't know the inner workings of Bears. Just the same way I don't know the inner workings of like the Packers or this. We don't have the capacity to pay attention to every front office and everything. So I can rip on them more than anyone that I know. Maybe outside of you, like me and you are in that same boat. But we can rip on them because we know exactly what's happening and why it's happening, and we see the ineptitude. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like when right. people are like, "Oh, I just know." You're just like dazed, confused, and mad, and I'm like, I may be a little mad, but like. I expected this type of shit. Like, who do you think? Do you think I'm an idiot? Like, right. And then you know? that's where I started the conversation. I, I, I wasn't, it, it wasn't stunning. I wasn't stunned. I expected this. Like, as soon as the yeah. full news get, like, of course I'm mad because like you were saying, your team, the team that you root for mo- mainly just got worse for, for, yeah. <laughs> for no reason. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible. And, and, and just the underlying threat that Ryan Pace is going to have another chance to to miss on another QB in the draft. Like, it's yeah. just it's just poetic justice if, if that happens. How how much more? And then we can get into the into the yeah. winners and losers after this question. How much more pissed will you be if the Bears draft a cornerback in the first two rounds? I would be. I would be. <laughs> I would just be the happy. breath. The breath was all. It, that's all you need. That, let's just leave it there. Let's just leave, let's move on. Let's move on. Because I, because right. well, I mean, because okay, so. the thing is, is like if they draft a, any other player outside, like if they draft a corner and all the top, like if Kyle Trask is the only quarterback sitting there, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to feel any sort of way. I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, sure. But if there's like, if, if like on, you know, the day before draft night, Trey Lance is you know caught smoking a fucking bong and his draft stock fucking plummets like and the bears pass on him yes then i'll be a little bit more upset or but, even like an offensive weapon I, you you think of like a the, the the stack wide receiver class that this is if one of them is sitting there they're just like yeah here's the fifth best the yeah. fifth best corner yeah we we took the we took the eighth best offensive tackle when yeah. you could have had devonta smith or Jalen waddle if they dropped yeah no, I, I'm not. I'm not going to be pissed because I'm not a Bears fan anymore. I'm renouncing my Bears fandom. I'm, I'm full Colts now. Let's go, Carson Wentz. All right, so let's talk some. Let's talk some free agency, Frankie. Let's let's start with some winners. Let, let, let's start on. A, let's get back to a little bit more of a positive note on this podcast. Um, last week we were going to title our, our episode as the uh, the Patriots win free agency and everything else. So let's just start with them, Frank. What did the Patriots were there? What what moves were some of your favorite moves with the Patriots? Obviously, they're you know considered a clear winner. Um, and again, I, I want to preface this with one thing before I, I, I turn it over to you, Frank. Every year in the NFL, there is a free agency winner mm-hmm. where teams spend just a ton of money to get this guy, this guy, this guy. And it almost never works out. Like you saw that graphic where like the Browns and the Jaguars were like had spent the most money in free agency and their like records were fucking horrible. Like if any team can do it, it's the Patriots though, right? Can spend that money and turn things around. Yeah. Uh, no, 100 well, I just wanted to start there. I mean, for me, it was, it was the tight ends. I, I, yeah. I think because not only are they setting up and building around Cam Newton for at least this year. I do think they're going to get a quarterback in this draft at some point to to try to help groom, uh, and and in a year maybe two or maybe even potentially this year if if you know hopefully not but if Cam gets hurt or if Cam's struggling, but you're surrounding and and the the wide receiver uh the the receivers that they signed too I I 
I like this one. None of these guys, well, except for the tight ends, are, are superstars. But I think when you think of like what a young quarterback or, or what Cam Newton brings to the table right now, what he needs is tight ends. He can't throw the ball downfield as well anymore. He didn't yeah. need, you know, a, a deep threat. He didn't need Will Fuller. He needed these tight ends. Now, granted, people are ripping on Bill a little bit. He drafted third round tight ends. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Like, what are we like? It's it's the same thing that you see when people, oh, you already had like so and so as your wide receiver too. Why would you sign Kenny Galladay? Because he's fucking Kenny Galladay, right? Like right. cut it out already. So no, I mean I, I love what they did. I think um it's, I I like the Kyle Van Oys, uh signing. I know they drafted another pass rusher. I'm blanking on his name. I mean I think they are re I don't want to say rebuilding. They're retooling to really play into their strengths. We saw when the Patriots' offense was at its best, outside of the, the Randy Mosher, that was just insanity. It was the two tight end system with Aaron yeah. Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. You got two guys who, who probably aren't as good as those two guys, but Bill knows how to use them. You know what I mean? Their OC knows how to use them. They know what they're going to do, and not for nothing, they got four running backs back there. I think they're going to be a run-heavy team, and then you know, five counting Cam Newton because he played you know pretty much like a running back last year. So. I think they're gonna they're going back to like smash mouth in your face football. We got our tight end to our red zone threats. Come and beat us. And not for nothing, they're getting their eight starters back on defense too. Uh, <laughs> that opted out for COVID. So yeah, I, I love what they did. I think they were in a prime position to say, We want everybody, come on down and we're we're, you know, making another run at uh at a championship this year. Yeah, I thought uh, two of the two of the interesting signings. Well, I guess three, because really, I, I didn't expect Cam Newton to be back. If I'm being completely honest, yeah. with you. I, I'm 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 surprised they uh, that that Bill wanted to bring him back. I think that says a lot about him, and I think that says a lot about Cam Newton as well. So, um, and maybe that he was kind of reading the QB market and kind of in terms of where he's at. And I mean, I mean, not for nothing. I, I wonder if he maybe knows or maybe just feels a certain way about some of the some of the rookie quarterbacks in this draft because you'd think they're going to be there or he could he could potentially trade up to get one of those guys and if he feels strong and he still can Cam Newton's only back on a one year deal so I expect you know the the Patriots to get a quarterback at some point in the draft but two of the more interesting signings were Nelson Aguilar who mm-hmm. you know because he's in it's weird saying this because. Las Vegas isn't necessarily a small market, but because of the way that they played, they were they were a team that was kind of forgettable. You didn't really think a whole lot about them. But I mean, you really dive into the numbers that he had in, in Las Vegas last year. He was awesome. And, you know, he, he dealt with a lot of the drop issues that he had in Philadelphia. Um, he had a better quarterback, I think. But I'm curious to see how he translates to this offense with Cam Newton now, because you're, you're right. He doesn't really throw the ball down the field as much, but that's kind of what Aguilar's skill set is. So I'm kind of curious to see how uh, Bill and, and Josh McDaniels decide to use Aguilar. So I thought that one was interesting. And then, of course, Hen- Hunter Henry going to New England, like Johnny Smith's already there, probably considered the you know tight end one. And then somehow they convince Hunter Henry, like, no, you're going to be our pass catching specialist. He's going to be our red zone guy. You know, you're going to get, you know, X amount of targets per game. And this is how we're going to incorporate you. And clearly it was enough to sell him. I think that was one of the more surprising ones to me, especially after they just spent all that money on Johnny Smith. Like I I didn't expect, I thought Hunter Henry would go to Carolina or something like that, you know? Um, So, so clearly Hunter Henry believes in what this offense can be. So I'm very curious to see how this offense really translates with all these new pieces. It's, 
the, the Patriots are, are going to be one of the more interesting teams to watch. And honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to see it, which I didn't think I'd say. But now I know it's fuck Tom Brady instead of, you know, the Patriots organization. I still like Boston as a city. There's a bunch of scumbags, but, you know, regardless. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go on to you, you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Let's talk about the top wide receiver target free agent. Uh, Kenny Galladay heads to the Giants. Frank, what did you think of the deal, man? I loved it. I really loved it for him. I loved it for the Giants. I think you're, you're putting Daniel Jones in a position where you don't really have excuses anymore. He has right. weapons. Hopefully Saquon Barkley can stay healthy and they have a good run game because he's going to need that as well. But that's kind of my philosophy when it comes to young quarterbacks. You get them in no matter what the situation is. If you need a quarterback, you get the quarterback. But then during his rookie deal, you start to really surround him with talent, whether that's through free agency or through the draft. And by the end of that free agent deal, you can't say, oh, fuck me. I really wish we had a wide receiver one. I really wish we had a left tackle. I really wish we had this. You just continue to build that. So by the time that's done, we know, do we want to extend this guy? Do we want to get a fifth year option? Do we want to seek a trade? Do we want to have, do we have to get another quarterback? So just for that reason alone, I think Galladay, just for the money that he got, and the Giants at the same time are both winners in this situation. I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I like what they're doing in terms of surrounding Daniel Jones with with a little more talent as well. They signed John Ross. Um, I mean, if he has anything left, that, that's a that's a pretty that could be an underrated signing right there. Um, and then Kyle Rudolph, I know there's some is, there's potentially a, a hold up there with the foot injury. I think injury. they voided it. I think they yeah. voided the contract today. Yeah. yeah. So my guess is they'll probably try to rework something. Um, you know, regarding surgery or anything like that. So we'll see if Kyle Rudolph is is a New York Giant. But I like what they're what Dave Gettleman's trying to do to get him some more talent outside of the draft. Um, you know, Dory Jackson, I thought that was a good signing uh, to help that defense even a little bit more. That defense is, is sneaky good. Like they, yeah. they they may actually be something next year. Um, Mike Glennon, I don't really understand why why he keeps getting jobs, but here we go. But just strictly Kenny Galladay. I thought that was a great deal for him. Like he's, it's almost like he's, he, he was like Allen Robinson. I know you, you, we talked a little bit about this comparison off, off camera, just a couple, you know, they, they, the two have been linked for whatever reason. I think people just see them as similar players, even though Allen Robinson, in my opinion is, and I know yours as well, just a way better player. But the thing with him is, is he, he was injured last year, but, but, I mean, teams weren't, the Giants weren't really scared off. Like the Bears, you know, the Bears were in on him with a one-year deal. Um, and that, that was, you know, that was interesting to see, I guess. But, and it sounds like it was a real thing. But Kenny Galladay, I mean, dude got $40 million guaranteed. Like, I would take that, like, if I'm him. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily a fit for the offense. I'm not sure if he necessarily, like, thinks, oh, Daniel Jones is this great quarterback. This kind of feels like just one of those things where he took the best deal available and it ended up being, you know, one of the better deals. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, and then uh, we wanted to talk about a certain a former Bears quarterback, Frankie. Do you want to you want to you want to preface that a little bit? I don't know if we have to preface anything. You're talking about a guy who is one of the worst quarterbacks we ever had in franchise <laughs> history. But that was only because he was our starter. Mitchell Trubisky. Signs with the Bills. Um, and I love that situation for him. I really, really do. Yeah. I think, and me and you, I think, have even said this on the podcast. It's just come to a point where 
He's clearly not a starter, but I think this pretty immediately makes him the best backup in the league. I mean, if Josh Allen gets hurt or has to miss a couple of games, Mitch can come in and do a few things for a couple of games. Give him three, four games, you know, after that, (laughs) you may be in trouble. But even in that offense where they capitalize on the athleticism of Josh Allen, if Mitch has to get in there, I really think they can get a little bit more out of him than the Bears did, which obviously isn't saying too much. Um, But just like you said with Mike Glennon, like, damn, like, why is he in the league still? Like, why are people? I think we're going to be talking about Mitch Trubisky like that 10 years from now. Eight years from now. No, I'm serious. I, I really do think he's yeah. that type of player. Like, yeah. he's going to be a really good backup. He's going to be one of those guys that you can plug him in. You know, uh, if he's hurt, maybe even just, um, you know, like a uh, a bridge quarterback to the next r- rookie guy. He'll get one-year deals every now and then to be the starter. Like, he, because he has the physical tools to do some things. And, and, and there may even be a coach that falls in love with him and thinks that they can fix him. You know, like, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that's immediately out of the league. Yeah. And, and I thought him landing on his feet with the Bills was good for him, even if he doesn't get playing time, just to be around, to be able to sit back for a year, consume things in a really, really good offense. And, you know, not not for nothing, uh, the Bills got to to really turn around Josh Allen. Like, they, they, they know what they're doing because Josh Allen was another, I mean, kind of a similar mold to Trubisky, a super raw prospect that, you know, just turned it around, which is one of the few. When you hear, when I hear raw and quarterback, I'm like, no, 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 I don't. You're out because it never turns around. But Josh Allen was one of the few. So this may be really good for him. And I think he's a winner for that. Yeah, I, I thought in terms of landing spots, that's the, the Bills are the best spot for Mitchell Trubisky in general, which is why he's considered a winner for both of us. Um, the, maybe not necessarily the Bills, because, I mean, it's just Mitch Trubisky. But for him specifically, if he's going to succeed, you're right. What better place to go than Buffalo where – I mean, him and Josh Allen are, are essentially similar prospects. Like maybe Josh Allen had a little bit higher of a ceiling, which is kind of crazy to say, because I, I think people saw Mitch with a similar type ceiling. They have, you know, similar skills. Um, I, I do think Josh Allen is, you know, a better arm and a little bit more ability to read a defense. But that's something yeah. he'll learn. You know, he learned in Buffalo, obviously. Um and I think the offensive coordinator for Buffalo is is going to be a great fit for Mitch to to really be able and we'll and we'll see because Mitch Trubisky I, I, he will play at some point this year I, I I believe you know whether it's whether it's at the end of the year where the Bills are you know 14 and two or some you know shit like that and they just you know want to get uh, some rest um, I think we'll see Mitch again and it'll be curious to see if it was really Matt Nagy and his just you know, his inability to, to coach Mitch Trubisky, or if it's just Mitch isn't that good of a quarterback. I think we'll yeah. really get a chance well, to, to see a little bit more. And to that, before we move on, to everyone on Twitter who's, like, making tribute videos and, like, oh, we're losing the best court, cut it the fuck out. Because, like, to your second point, Jack, like, and, and you're just a nicer person than I am, and I can't let <laughs> shit like this go. It what Like, Nagy is not a very good play caller. We know that. Right. But Deshaun Watson has been fucking sabotaged his whole time in Houston, and he's still ball. Like, I, I'm st- like the the older I get, and the more evidence that I have that if you're a good player, you're going to perform kind of no matter what. He just is bad. Like he can't read a defense. I don't care how bad the play calling. He couldn't do anything. He's just not a good quarterback. What's the tribute video like? The 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 Eagles post route. The like six that? the six good throws he's had over the last four years. I mean it's 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 ridiculous. But again, I hate that. 
we ended it that way because I do think in a backup role he's gonna he can do like because again physically he can do stuff and you even hear it like we have Packer fans friends like man like he just looks better than I feel like people and it's like because he looks the part yeah he's he six does. foot three he's two fifty like he's athletic but he just can't read a defense it, he, it, it's his not, mind that he can't he's not good get at the together part exactly he's, he's he's a worse Cam Newton like that's that's I'm that much and, worse you know what hold on yeah way worse Cam Newton let's let's he's a, let's he's a very poor on. man's Cam Newton. Yeah, let's put some respect on Cam Newton's name. Um, all right, then we got uh, moving on here to uh, the first, uh, the presumed first pick in the draft. Frank, you had uh, you had Trevor Lawrence as as a winner in this. I want you to explain yourself a little bit more. Well, I love the Marvin Jones signing for them. That that's what what really made me put Trevor Lawrence down here because I think the discussion should be: Is this the best surrounding cast a rookie quarterback has ever had? I mean, you look on that offensive side of the football. They're probably missing a tight end. I'm not sold on their tight end group. But you have Lavishka Chenault, who, I mean, is just a beast with the ball in his hands. He's a Debo Samuel type. You just get in his hands, let him make plays. You have DJ Chark, jump ball guy, really good player. Now you have Marvin Jones, who is a red zone monster. I mean, this dude, like, every time his name is brought up, and it's like, yeah, here are the top three guys in the red zone. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Leo Jones, you know, some other great receiver and Marvin Jones. And it's like, yeah. what the hell? Like, he's just so good in the end zone. Yeah. And, you know, James Robinson is there for, for Trevor Lawrence, the, the you know, who probably will be the number one pick. Like, this is an incredible start, you know, uh, 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 group of position players, skill position players for him. And that kind of goes back to my philosophy when I talked about uh, the Galladay signing, like, we're going to know what we have in Trevor Lawrence really early because he doesn't have very many. I mean, you, you want to shore up the offensive line, sure, but weapons-wise, you can't really ask for more than that for yeah. someone who has the number one pick. This isn't like the 20th pick, the, the 25th pick, where it's like, that's a good roster. Like, this is the number one overall pick here, and they have a lot of weapons for this kid, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just as we were talking about the best uh, QB2 potentially like like Mitch Trubisky being the best backup quarterback Carlos Hyde I mean coming in signing a two-year six million like they, they got him cheap that's a great kind of you know not even change of pace because I mean it really is kind of the similar running backs James Robinson and, mm-hmm. and Carlos Hyde I think that's a perfect backup for him um I thought that I, I really did like that signing Marvin Jones yeah I mean that's that's a good that's a good three to have especially without yeah trading DJ Chark, which I know was another bullshit rumor we saw come up. And, uh, you know, a Jamal Agnew, I think that's another good, you know, good wide receiver for they got, um, you know, they, they got Roy Roberts and Harris from the Bears. And, you know, I know I know Jaguar fans were probably like, who the fuck is that guy? When you see him play, you'll love him. Trust me, he's he's a very good player. I was actually disappointed to see the Bears let him go. Um, and then Shaq Griffin, like they shorn up their cornerback position as well. This Jaguars team might be pretty good. The the one reason I I would have some some kind of like nervousness if I'm a Jaguars fan is the fact that your head coach is Urban Meyer. Like it, yeah. it's it, this this all sounds great, but man, this just has the recipe of having you know a solid roster with just the wrong head coach. And I'm not saying Urban Meyer can't succeed at the NFL level. I. We just don't know. We we don't know that this is going to work out. That's my one hang up with, you know, 
with this team. I'm excited to see how they play. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to, you know, like you said, I think he's, I mean, I mean, this is, this is the complete opposite of Andrew Luck going into the Colts, you know, where they had fucking nothing and they had to draft everything and it ended up working out pretty well. But um, yeah, I think this is a great situation for him to fall into. Uh, Whereas like, if you're, you know, Zach Wilson and you go to the Jets, I mean, it's like the complete fucking opposite. We'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, another team you wanted to talk about, Frank, um, the next stop on the Ryan Fitzpatrick train, the Washington football team. Frankie, why'd you have them as a winner? I mean, just because of how good their defense is, and that offense just did a disservice to them last year. And when you think about some of the most dreadful offenses to watch last year, Washington and Chicago were on the top of that list. Just, I mean, <laughs> quarters, games at a time where you can't move the ball it's, it's just terrible, but the defense just keeps them in the game. Um, and Fitzpatrick is just fun, man. Like mm-hmm. that was what I, you know, when we talked about the bears quarterback search, sure. Let's get Deshaun Watson. Let's get Russell Wilson. But like, would I be mad at like, uh, uh, by my Jameis Winston, just be fun. Just air it out 50 times a game. Fuck it. Like, like give us some fun in our life. Like even if we win six games with Jameis and he throws for 5,000 yards, yeah. let's just have some fun. And that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick presents. Like, and, and, the biggest winner, the reason why I jotted them down, though, is Terry McLaurin. I, I truly believe, early prediction time, if he stays healthy, that kid is a top five fantasy receiver next year. I mean, the kid has talent, man. I like him. I like him a ton. And he has someone who can really deliver him the ball. As the uh, as the uh, person who has Terry McLaurin in our league, it makes me very happy to hear that. Um, yeah, I like I, Well, and the other one that I did not jot down that I just thought of, that I should have, is Antonio Gibson. Yeah. I think that helps him a ton as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, them getting Curtis Samuel, uh, was, was an underrated signing in my opinion. Yep. Um, I, I think that's, that's something just, just like you said, like Curtis Samuel, isn't going to be, you know, a top 10 receiver, but he's going to help give that offense a little bit different flavor. And like what you were saying to Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, like it's not even just fun on the field, but just like personality, yeah. like fucking Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, like they're just two of the most bland, and, and I didn't expect that from from Nat Nagy. Like when he was first introduced, he's throwing out the you know the T formation. I'm like, this dude fucking gets it. He's throwing out the he's calling the fridge formation. He has Akeem Hicks running for touchdowns. He's putting you know Eddie Jackson on offense. Like he's having some a fun. Yeah, and and then whatever happened, he got fucking neutered or something like that. Like. There's just no person. I mean, you watch that that Andy Dalton press conference, and my God, could you have predicted it second by second? Like, it's just so boring. And but Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, like like he has fun. He he's yeah. you know he's a character, and the he Bears stole Deshaun Jackson's chain and coat. Yeah, man. Like, and I think that's why people like Akeem Hicks, and you know, over honestly Khalil Mack because Akeem Hicks gives you something. He's he has fun with it, right? Cordero Patterson's become a Bears favorite, Bears fan favorite, because he's just he doesn't just do things by the book. He's just not boring. And I think that's why a lot of people liked uh like Kyle Long, uh, honestly, and and maybe even to a certain point were annoyed with Jay Cutler because it just was it was different. It was just the Bears don't really do that. I would have loved Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year deal for $10 million over what they gave Andy Dalton. I think that's just – that's a completely different conversation. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick that much better of a quarterback? No. We've, we've seen that, that Fitzpatrick isn't necessarily a starter, but he's just a guy who just wins games. Like, it's just 
it's frustrating, man. But I, yeah, good for Washington. I think you know whatever rookie goes to that situation is is honestly you know they're going to be in a, in a pretty similar situation to Jacksonville. Like honestly, that's a it's a there's there's you can see that offense develop. I, I think there's something there to it. And then um, we did want to talk a little about Denver. Nothing too crazy. Um, you know, obviously getting Kyle Fuller for cheap. How, how is that not an automatic win, Frankie? Yeah, no, that's a huge win for them. And honestly, it's it's ho- hopefully he can stay healthy and get a bigger deal after this year. But that's kind of a loss for Fuller. He took a really big pay cut yeah. uh, to go there. But I, I think he I'm sure he had I haven't seen any rumors or anything. I'm sure he had other offers, but he just wanted to go back with Fangio, which I completely understand. Yeah, I mean, they signed Justin Simmons, who's, you know, one of the best safeties in the league. Um, so Denver's really shoring up that defense. I want I want to see what they do at quarterback, because I think that will really determine how their season goes. Yeah, I, I just don't, I, I don't see it with Drew Locke. But and I also I also just feel like they they're one of those franchises. I, I know they've made sort of like the Chicago Bulls trade where it's like, yeah, Elway really isn't doing it anymore. But he kind of is like, yeah, yeah, you know I mean, like. He can't get it right. He got Peyton Manning and, and that, but he's it was Peyton fucking Manning and and you know what I mean? Like all he drafted Paxton Lynch and and I mean yeah, it's it's is it's Paxton Lynch Peyton. in the league anymore? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Right? Like yeah, I mean it's it's his his. You're right. Their their season's really going to depend on what they do at at quarterback. If Peyton Manning had gone to San Francisco, they would have won three Super Bowls, and we would never be talking about the Denver Broncos again. Let's let's just let's stop. Yeah, it. no, you're right. Uh, and then uh, a winner I threw on there because um, I thought you know not necessarily his team because I think they may be losers because of this. Uh, but fucking Corey Davis, man, cashing out three year deal, thirty seven mil contract, like. That's getting it done for a guy who really <laughs> didn't do anything until last year, where yeah. he was the wide receiver too. Like that—that's that's a good deal for him, man. What'd you think of that deal, Frankie? I know I, I shared the exact same sentiment for him. He is an absolute winner to get that deal. Uh, I do not like it for the team. I, I I don't think he's gonna live up, and and it's just one of those things where, you know. I've got to really see him grow because I, I, I started Dynasty Football his rookie year. So he's a top five pick. You're like, damn, like this kid, he's getting drafted early in drafts and shit. And you're like, man, like this kid's going to be really good. And he doesn't. After a little while, like once you show me who you are, I just believe it. I, I get he had a, a solid year, but I think I think quite a few receivers flourish in that role with the Titans just because they, they have such a good system, you know. Yeah. And, and I just don't, yeah, I – I, I agree with you. Well, and, and there's there's definitely something to and, and I, granted the Titans probably you know cap wise probably couldn't afford thirty seven and a half million dollars. It's good for Corey Davis. Go get your money, but but I think it's it, there there is something there that they just let him go right and they let Johnny Smith go. They probably just believe in their you know Arthur Smith probably believes in those offense more more necessarily than the types of players he was letting go. Um, Keelan Cole is a good signing for the Jets. One year deal for for five and a half mil. That might actually end up working out better for the Jets than than Corey Davis, man. So, uh, but good for Corey Davis. Let's let's you know that throw some respect on on, on him yeah. getting money. And I mean, not for nothing, that little wide receiver trio isn't bad. Denzel Mims, no. Keelan Cole. Now, granted, yeah. it's going to depend on what who they get at quarterback, or if it's Darnold, then he can take a step. Whatever you know, whatever it is. But that's not the worst receiving core I've ever seen. No, no. 
And then uh, we got Pat Mahomes as a winner, Frank. I mean, I know what you're thinking. Pat Mahomes lost in the Super Bowl. How could he be a winner? No, no, no. Listen, the Chiefs do what they need to do to get him some fucking help. And it's it's nice to see a franchise actually care about the quarterback position. Uh, Joe Thune getting him as like the highest paid guard in fucking history until obviously, uh, yeah. uh, you know, my guy has to get his contract, Quentin Nelson. Uh, and then bringing Kyle Long out of retirement on a, on a one-year deal, $1.5 million. Um, you know, I think it's like could be worth up to $5 million or something like that with incentives. So upgrading that offensive line, um, you know, it, it was a little weird, though, that they were letting the tackles go. They're going to need to figure that situation out because we saw what happens when, when Pat Mahomes is behind just – I mean, I don't even – can't even call it a college line. That was like a high school offensive line in that bad. game. It, it was bad, but I think, you know, getting some some high-quality guards, and we'll see if Kyle Long has anything left, but I think that's a good signing for Pat Holmes. What do you think, Frank? No, I agree. I agree with everything that you said. I don't think I have to, to add anything. I mean, you just love to see a team – and granted, they kind of have to. They gave them $600 gazillion, but still, <laughs> regardless, like they're still like, hey, we have to get this fixed. We're going to continue to build around you, which is awesome. Before we move on, I need to get your thoughts. I, I think I think it – you know, we, we owe our, our listeners – uh, Frank's thoughts on, on Tyreek Hill saying, I'm not fucking <laughs> renegotiating anything. All right. You're going to pay me what you're going to pay me. I love it. I'm all for that. Now he's going to get cut eventually because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, this is the thing, man, like when you're young and you kind of grow up and you're like, man, like they got to be loyal to the team. And like, you don't get the business side yeah. but when you're an adult and you're like, wait a minute. Like, first of all, these guys are underpaid to begin with. Like the, yeah. the billionaire owners are making a fucking gazillion dollars every single year. And they're like, here's a few million. Here's 10 million for your troubles. And like, granted, it's a lot of money to us. But, yeah. you know, the money that these guys are bringing in, they deserve a lot more. So I'm all for that. I love it. The, the, do your thing. And, and hopefully, to be honest, I would hope that one day, specifically for the NFL, we can get fully guaranteed contracts. Like this is the the you know, the toughest sport in terms of physicality, so many injuries happen. These guys got to get paid, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so hopefully more people with that mindset get it to get it to go that way, which we're nowhere near, but maybe he's the first domino. Yeah. I, I, I like him saying that, but I, I would just say, be careful what you wish for, because on the flip side, if, if you, you know, if he wants a, if he sees, you know, Allen Robinson get X amount of dollars and he's like, well, I'm better than Allen Robinson. I want more money. I mean, the Chiefs are going to be like, nah, we're good. We're going to keep yeah. paying you what we're going to pay you. I will say this, though. There's this weird thing. A lot of guys don't really take pay cuts. Right. They just it's get all money just up front. Right. Yeah. Now, granted, some people do take pay cuts. That, that is a thing. But, like, that was the one thing that was always funny to me with Tom Brady, just the unselfishness. Look at him go. He just keeps taking pay cuts. No, he wasn't. He was getting signing bonuses every year. They were just converting it into a signing bonus, and well, he took the money earlier. Well, and, and if you think Tom Brady is – his source of income is NFL money, you're fucking wrong, all well, right? Of course. Of course. Now, granted, that is a sacrifice in and it of itself, though. Like, if right. you have a contract, you want – you you know, these guys have agents. They have accountants where it's like, here's the cash flow, here's the money flow. So it is somewhat of a sacrifice, but you're not really losing out on much money. It's no. You're getting it earlier than you thought you were. And you're getting endorsements and when you're Tom Brady and you can – you probably have to pay for a deal. In, in forever. Like I, I guarantee he has never paid for food since, since college. Yeah. Um, 
Then, uh, then I had another quick one, another offensive line one, Justin Herbert getting Corey Lindsley to be his center five-year deal for $62.5 million. It's pretty fucking good for, for a center. I just I, I like that signing for him. They got to beef up that offensive line. Um, and also just Jared Cook as, as a nice little replacement for Hunter Henry. Like Hunter Henry was another one of these guys. And, and Frank, uh, you know, I, I, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but, you know, in the next couple of weeks here, I think we, we're going to talk about some of the uh, the top um, free eight or top rookies, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we'd like to see them go maybe for fantasy purposes, maybe for just team purposes. But like Hunter Henry is, is one of those tight ends who was just like hyped up unbelievably so like this dude is you know game changer and this and that and I mean he's been fine he's I mean he's he's been a solid tight end but I don't think he's been you know all world tight end like Darren Waller or anything like that like so I think Jared Cook honestly could potentially be an upgrade uh because I mean we've just seen how Jared Cook can score touchdowns like I I I don't know it's it's it'll be curious to see but I like some of the moves that uh the Chargers are making to help get Justin Herbert some help what'd you think of that Agreed. No, it's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Same sentiment. Like, build around the young guy. Get him as much help as you can in the trenches. Their skill position's pretty set at this point with Mike Williams, with Keenan, with Eckler in the backfield. Like, just keep doing your thing. Keep chugging away. Yeah. And then uh, this one should be obvious. Dak Prescott signing his four-year, $160 million contract. Um, $126 million guaranteed. That's getting it done. That's, that's, yeah, that's nothing that's more to say. What winner? Applaud that man. The one thing that I will say, I love that him getting hurt only boosted his value because they just realized that they fucking needed him. And who's the man that made him look that much better? The Bears starting starting quarterback, baby. Let's go. Uh, and then uh, the final winner, and and you know this this again could change throughout free agency. There's still deals to be made. Um, you know, and and there's still things to happen. So so we'll see. We may revisit this. Um. The two Aarons in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, just Aaron Jones re-signing a four-year deal. We, we thought he was as good as gone. He's in yeah. Miami. He's going to start there. Nope, he's right back with, with Green Bay. And, you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers saying he wants a commitment from the Packers. I think this is a step to doing that. Like, not just letting a running back walk, but retain, retaining a guy you know works in the offense, you know has a good relationship with your quarterback, not just being like, ah, well, you know, we have A.J. Dillon, it'll be fine, let's let's just go with that. No, no, no. Get your Keep your game-changing running back and, and you know, roll it back out. Um, so I, I would say the two errands in Green Bay were a definite winner from that. I agree. And off that, maybe we can transition to losers. I don't think we jotted him down, but A.J. Dillon is a major loser there. <laughs> <laughs> because he's not going to get – I mean, Aaron Jones is just – you know, he's a phenomenal player, man. He, he's a three-down guy. Where do you fit? A.J. Dillon is like, is he going to be a short yardage guy? Like, yeah. he just doesn't yeah, AJ, really fit. A.J. Dillon, well, the, the the draft never made sense regardless. Of course. Um, But also Jamal Williams because he had to leave and <laughs> go to Detroit. I mean, that just, I mean, you're a loser if you have to do that regardless. So, uh, yeah, I, I you know, I, I think the... <laughs> Aaron Jones is a winner, but yeah, definitely AJ Dillon, clear loser. Um, two two last ones, real quick ones. I, I want to mention because uh, these were a little bit more recent. Um, I, I guess the Steelers' offense it kind of wins with with Juju Smith Schuster getting to come back on a, on a pretty cheap deal. Whoever the quarterback is, there we'll see if 
if Ben actually makes it <laughs> to the opening day. Um, but yeah, I think the, you know, just having a, a talented receiver back at, I mean, he spurned the, the Ravens. He, he chose the Steelers over the chiefs, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think that was a good, you know, good resigning. And then the last one for me, uh, Carson Wentz is a winner not only because he gets to go to the Colts out of Philadelphia, he's back with Frank Reich, yada, 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 but the re-signing of Marlon Mack. Now you can say, oh, well, I think that hurts, you know, Jonathan Taylor. I think that hurts Naeem Hines. No, 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 no. We've seen this offense work with these types of players in it already. Jonathan Taylor isn't going to lose out in being a running back one to Marlon Mack, who was re-signed for a pretty cheap deal. Like they all will play. And honestly, I, I really don't see it affecting their playing time all that much. Maybe Naeem Hines, but maybe he starts playing a little more slot receiver. You know, we, we don't know. There, there's moves to be made. I, I really like that Marlon Mack is, is going to be back in Indianapolis. I do too. I, I People laughed at me last year because in a league, him going down really fucked my running back room. You know I don't like to go deep with – I hate running backs in fantasy. For dynasty anyway. Single yeah. year, I'm, I'm all for him. Um, and he, you're talking about a guy who, who's had two back-to-back – thousand yard seasons he can play he can flat out ball is Jonathan Taylor better yes probably but it was clearly going to be a one-two punch going into that year with Marlon Mack being like the 1A in that scenario at least for last year so I love it maybe he transitions to 1B if hopefully he can get fully healthy before then but yeah that was an awesome signing and then let's go ahead and jump over to uh to the loser section uh a, a tough one for you, Frankie. You were just talking about dynasty and, and, and your running backs. Uh, you, you trade for Josh Jacobs in, in the offseason. I can't imagine you were too happy with uh, seeing Kenyon Drake being signed by the Raiders. I I wasn't. I don't feel super threatened by Kenyon Drake, the talent. I feel threatened as a Josh Jacobs owner in dynasty leagues by John Gruden, the coach, because <laughs> it's like he is in love with the guy. But then wants to, like forces himself to hate the guy and like sabotage the guy. This isn't new to John Gruden. Like he does this is what he does. He's gonna find a way to get Darren Waller off that roster soon too for whatever fucking reason. Like he's he's a psychopath. I don't know what's wrong with this guy. No, it's not to say like Josh Jacobs is a top five guy, but like he's a good running back. Just keep it going. Like what what are we what are we doing here? Get why didn't you get Jamal Williams just to have a good one two punch? You go out and sign Kenyon Drake to like. <laughs> The second biggest running back contract behind Aaron Jones. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? So, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs and all this is a, a huge loser because this is the thing. John Gruden also doesn't like to be wrong. So yeah. even if Josh Jacobs is completely outperforming this guy, he's going to keep trying to get Kenyon Drake reps, which is going to be annoying for fantasy owners. You you calling John Gruden a psychopath is the absolute highlight of this episode. So. <laughs> Because you're not wrong. Because he's absolutely fucking insane. I mean, he's signed. He, he's he's signing Theo Riddick to it to a one year deal. He's you know bringing in John Brown. He's letting Nelson Aguilar walk. Who who talked about how much he liked being in Las Vegas? <laughs> Zay Jones is back. Derek Carrier. Like he the dude re-signed Richie Incognito, but yeah. traded the rest of his offensive line. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's something's wrong with this guy, like, man. He's just he's just doing things. Yeah, he's just, and and Raiders fans like have to live with it because they gave him a lifetime fucking contract. The dude is he's he's a terrible coach. He doesn't fit in this in this era of football. He has no clue what he's doing. Like it's 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 beyond insane. It, it makes he he has he has Henry Ruggs, so he signs John Brown. 
Like, that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, this is the same guy who trades Khalil Mack because he says, you know what? They didn't win with Khalil Mack when he was there. And then three games in, they're like 0-3 oh, that first season. He's like, well, we need to pass rush. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, did the Khalil Mack trade just turn into the biggest meh of all time? Of course, of course like, it I mean, did. But I'm just saying, like that just tells you the type of guy that he is, though. Like it's just so you funny. You created though, a problem and then complain about the problem. That makes right. no sense. Right. I mean, it's just funny because you know Khalil Mack getting traded should have been like one of the biggest trades in NFL history, and it just hindsight, you'll just be like, yeah, that, that happened. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right, let's keep going on to other losers here. Uh, Taysom Hill, Frankie, that was uh, that was one of your losers. I'm assuming it has something to do with Jameis Winston. A little bit, only a little bit. The <laughs> reason why I jotted his name down is because he has a four-year, $140 million deal with, like, $0 guaranteed. Like, this fucking guy isn't going to get paid a fucking thing. All they did was use this poor guy. And you know I'm not the biggest fan. I don't think he can be a good quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> but they used him because they were like negative 123 million in the tank. And they're like, we're going to give you a fake 140 mil. And, you know, they probably bought him like a new, I don't know, like a Joseph Smith Bible or something. It was like, here, like, here's for your troubles. Like, I, I feel kind of bad for him because he's not going to get any, like, he's literally getting nothing. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's, he's like, he and, and but not only that though, I feel bad that this is the part of the Jameis Winston portion is because Jameis Winston is going to outperform him, perform him as a quarterback. He's just a much better quarterback than Taysom Hill. It's very clear that Taysom Hill in this system and in this system only is a really good weapon. No other, no other coach. I don't think maybe Kyle Shanahan could do something similar like he does with Uzcheck there, but like. He can't even leverage anything. What can, yeah. like, he can't, oh, like, I can perform to the contract and, like, get some of the incentives or someone else will sign me. No one else wants Taysom Hill. No. And they just gave him Monopoly money. Like, I feel bad for him. <laughs> I don't. I, I really don't. He, he, he'd he be good in, in New England. He he should go there when this contract ends up not working well, They have out. seven tight ends. We're, we're, what, what's, <laughs> but he'll, he'll be Cam Newton 2.0. You know, he'll yeah, be he'll white Cam Newton. That, that's what he's going to be. Um, I... I Man, I don't know. Like, I want to say Jameis is is guaranteed to start this next season, but like, I, I we we were saying that all last year. Like, why is Jameis Winston not starting? Why is Taysom Hill fucking replacing Drew Brees after he broke every single rib in his body? Like, I I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see if Taysom Hill is really the starter. But um, I I got to be honest. The, the one thing that made me laugh a little bit was Jameis Winston crying about Drew Brees. I'm like, please shut the hell up. All right. Just, Oh, no one's gonna miss Drew Brees, um, and we'll, we'll we want to talk about Frank and I want to talk a little bit about his uh, Drew Brees' legacy if he has one. We'll get to that maybe in a couple episodes, maybe next week. Um, but let's keep let's let's keep focusing on this one, Frankie. Um, the Ravens were one of your losers. What? Why were they one of your losers, Frank? I mean, I, for me, I, I thought they should have been all in on either one of the tight ends because let's let's face it, Mark Andrews is the wide receiver one there. Like he's he's their best offensive weapon. Or Galladay or Will Fuller, they need help with pa- passing the ball. Like Lamar Jackson, I think can and and actually will make that step that Josh Allen did. Now don't don't tell that to the to the group chats if they're listening, they're gonna laugh because I always I just like to fuck fuck with people who own Lamar Jackson. But I do think he has the ability and will make a similar leap 
maybe not this year, but I think he will. Um, and even like a Mike Vick did back in the day, like he got better and better at passing over the years. He, he relied a little bit less on his legs. And I see the same thing for Lamar Jackson, but he need, I mean, Hollywood Brown, I didn't like him. And maybe that's my bias. I didn't like him coming out of college. I don't think he's that great of a receiver. He can be a good wide receiver too, maybe wide receiver three slot guy, hopefully just because of his size. Miles Boykin is solid. I like him. I don't think he's ever going to be a stud guy. They need, and, and, and Andrews is good, but then you have nothing outside of the hash marks. Like he's all middle of the field. Yeah. You need someone on the outside who's a, just a, a bona fide stud. I mean, if I'm them, I'm, I'm knocking on the Bears door. Hey, will a first get it done for Allen Robinson? Will a second? Like they need something. And the fact that they they weren't they weren't even rumored to be in on any of these receivers is asinine to me because that didn't stop you from drafting one in the first round or second round this year. But if I'm going to continue to churn out drafting rookie wide receivers, I need one that I can really rely on too. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and I think to your point, I think I think they probably were in on on some of these, you know, Johnny or or Hunter Henry because I mean they they traded for Josh Oliver and the only reason I know who Josh Oliver is is because he's been sitting on my dynasty team until I caught him this offseason because it's just like this dude was, you know, he was he was a a, a somewhat decent prospect coming out of college, but he just couldn't stay healthy. So I think they, you know, they're, they're probably taking a chance on a guy that, you know, maybe if he stays healthy, you know, he can, he can help us fill that, that tight end two role. But I think you're absolutely right. They, they, they should have been in on Galladay. They should have offered him as much money as they possibly could. But I think a lot of it too is, is free agent wide receivers aren't, in my opinion, aren't going to want to come here. Aren't going to want to go to Baltimore because if you're looking for a potential another payday after, you know, if you sign a two year deal or whatever, why would you go to Baltimore where they barely throw the ball as it is? And when they do, you have Lamar Jackson throwing to you. Granted, I think we did see, uh, you know, him take a, a, a step forward. I thought he was a better passer this year than he was obviously two years ago. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just would think, you know, if, if you're Hunter Henry, I, I thought, I think it's kind of interesting. You'd go, you know, you choose a quarterback who, you know, doesn't really throw the ball as, as much either, but you know, it, it's just, a, it, it's interesting that Hunter Henry chose new England. I, I guess, you know, there's just something to whatever their offense is going to be. Right. And I think we kind of have an idea of what the Ravens offense and what their ceiling is. And maybe, maybe players just, you know, don't believe in it. I, I that could be part of it. Cause I mean, you know, one signing I think would have made a ton of sense in the world is AJ Green going to the Ravens? I mean, we, we talk about in division wide receivers, you know, staying in the division all the time, especially when they're cut from their team. But he said, "Fuck that! No, I'm going to Arizona. I'm going to go play, you know, be a wide receiver two uh, or three, even with with DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk, and play with Kyler Murray, who's just like maybe a better version of Lamar Jackson. Like it's just it's it's interesting to me that he chose to go there and." Obviously, I think it says a lot that Juju Smith-Schuster not only said, I'm not going to Baltimore, but I'm also not going to Baltimore for more money. Like, I, yeah. I, I thought that was very interesting that he turned that down. I agree. I agree. And I think in all of that, you're, you know, you, whatever it is, whether it was the pitch, whether it's just what they have going on right now, it's still on you. It's the same way with the, you know, people, you know, talk about the Bears. Oh, well, they tried. I don't give a fuck if they tried. Like, it's something you're doing something wrong if you're trying your hardest and it's not working out. That's just the way business works. Point blank, yeah. period. Another loser, uh, I think uh, we wanted to talk about was, uh, I mean, 
who else but but the Bears? And Frank, think, was there anything we haven't talked about today that, that I was just really... going to say? I think I think we covered it all. I it, it's it's they're they're stuck in mediocrity at if we're you know if we're lucky they're really bad next year. But I just don't see that. It's it's the same bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think one you know one last thing we we can talk about here, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up today. Um, for this episode. And like I said, I, I think next week we, we may do some draft stuff. Um, I, I know I've been getting asked a lot about potentially talking about rookies and, you know, where, where we see them going or, you know, what just would be a cool fit for, for fantasy purposes. Um, so we're, we're not going to do, a, and I'm just going to say now, we're not going to do, you know, one through 32 NFL draft. I, I don't, uh, Frank and I don't, don't care that much about defensive players or offensive linemen. We, I mean, we could read you guys a mock draft, but I don't think you want that. Um, I'd rather talk about, you know, the top offensive prospects, you know, Jamar Chase, uh, Jalen Waddell. If we think Devonta, Devonta Smith could, you know, survive in the NFL at 170, uh, apparently, a, you know, uh, Rondell, Rondale Moore being five foot three, you know, we'll see if that actually <laughs> turns into anything. Um, so there's definitely some stuff to talk about. So we may get to that next week. But, Frank, let's finish up here. Uh and just losers. The the final loser that I have with for, for today is, is Deshaun Watson slash Houston Texans because there is no clear winner in, in, in this whole situation. And whether it is the Texans, you know, I, there, there's been some there's been some thoughts out there. And, you know, obviously having 14 people say that you're you know, you've been up to some pretty fucking shady shit. If it ends up being true, you know, fuck Deshaun Watson. If it ends up not being, you know, we'll, we'll see. What are your thoughts on the situation? I, we don't have to get too much into it, but yeah. I mean, the, 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 there's no winner out of this, right? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, and again, just because just generally speaking, when it comes to any sort of sexual assault, especially when you, you lapse that time where there's DNA evidence and, and, and such, it's such a tough conversation, right? So yeah. we don't have to dive into the weeds of that. But the way I see it with this situation is that there's really only two things that happen here. Or is is one he did not do it, and the Texans are trying to sabotage him. Now, what they get to gain from that, there's a million you know theories as to why they would want to do that. Um, but number two is that he actually did do it, and the Texans suppressed this. But now that he wants out, they're bringing it to the forefront. So yeah. to me, in both scenarios, the tech, the Houston Texans organization are just complete pieces of shit, and only one of these scenarios. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a piece of shit, yeah. right? So it's like, re- regardless, this organization has failed. You know, like, because if he did do this, it all just didn't sprout out right now, in my opinion. I'm only yeah. speaking for me. It's insane that, you know, 16, I think 14 or 16, whatever the number is now, that would have said it didn't all just happen right when he said he wants out of Houston. That that's The timing of that is just crazy to me. And that's why I say those are kind of the two scenario so if, if the texans suppress that you are accomplices in in what happened yeah but then you're even a bigger piece of shit if he didn't do it and you're paying people because you know he likes to go to massage parlors and you're doing because there's there's that portion too that is a possibility i don't know which one it is i'm not picking a side here i'm just saying those are in my logical brain that's kind of where i've landed with with where that can go yeah yeah and we'll just have to see because you know obviously we, you and I don't have any inside information or anything like that. Right, we'll just right. kind of have to, to wait and see. But yeah, I just think the the whole situation is just, is is a terrible look, regardless one way or the other. Um, 
so yeah, the, the, the Texans and, and Deshaun Watson as, as losers as well. So, um, like I said, that wraps up this edition of the Corked Up podcast. We appreciate you guys listening as always. Um, you know, we may talk some basketball next week with the, you know, the trade deadline being this week. We may kind of see, what, you know, if the Bulls did anything, we definitely want to make sure we get into that um, potentially if, if there's anything worth talking about. Um, and then, you know, I, I know, I know eventually we'll get to baseball. I promise. I know people just fucking knocking down my front door, begging me to talk about baseball, but no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. All right. Because the next time we, we fucking, because every time Frank and I plan a, a Cubs or Sox podcast, fucking the bears decide to make the, the most terrible decision they could. So we're going to stop doing that. All right. It'll happen when it happens. That's what I'm saying, Frankie. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I, it, but just going into the season as a Cubs fan, I don't even know what to to. Th- it's just been such a disappointing. They're losers too. They're they're on our losers for free agency, just because. And and, and one last time, the Bears are losers. Let's not let. They're just they are losers. Yeah, they exactly. Not it's, the TV stuff. Yeah, they're they're awful. They're going to be awful. <laughs> they're going to win seven games still and just sabotage us getting another quarterback. So everyone, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, Jackie, it was great as always, and I will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week, Frankie.